Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, my name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner who heads up the abuse team at Hugh James, and I'm joined by my colleague, Danielle Vincent. Hi, Danny. Hi, Alan. So in this podcast, we're going to be discussing a very disturbing case. It's the case of a person called Ryan Johnson, who's just been convicted of raping a passenger on the London Underground. So obviously what we're going to be talking about is sensitive, unpleasant, distressing. And so if you think you may be disturbed by the content of this podcast, then I suggest now's the time to switch off and go and do something else. Otherwise, please do stay with us. So by way of introduction, Ryan Johnston, according to the media reports, sexually assaulted and then raped a 20-year-old woman was returning home from an evening out with friends on a Piccadilly line train. And the attack was brazen. It's described as brazen and was committed in front of other passengers during a busy morning service. I can't believe that um, I'm actually having to report this. You know, it's just it's just so outrageous and awful. You just think, well, how on earth? But we're going to be discussing this this case because it does feed into other issues that Danny and our colleagues have to contend with because that is our job. We represent people who have been subjected to terrible crimes, whether as children or as young people or as adults. And our job is to advise and represent them in their quest for justice, no matter how imperfect that justice may be, given the ordeal that they have been through. So, Danny, why don't I get you to tell us a little bit more about the case, although I think everyone's probably got the gist of what this um, terrible person went and did. Yeah, of course. So there's a little bit more of a, a background of this. So he was charged with rape, attempted rape and two counts of sexual assault, as well as outraging public decency in relation to another complaint. So the media reports that Johnson chased two women to their home after they noticed him masturbating while looking through the window outside a house near Bounds Green Underground Station. At around 5am on the 23rd of February 2020, he banged on their door and put his hand through the letterbox after the woman managed to get inside safely. He then boarded a Piccadilly line at Heathrow Terminal 5. Around three hours later, where he approached a young woman who was asleep, he sexually assaulted and then raped a 20-year-old who was returning from an evening out with friends. And, and as you've said, this was witnessed by people, and this is a shocking attack. I mean, sadly, as you say, we do deal with these types of claims, you know, sexual assault on a daily basis. But the idea of this happening in, in the early hours of the morning as well on public transport is just beyond belief. Now, I understand that he was then arrested while he was already serving time in Brixton Prison for burglary. We don't really know the details of how he was caught, whether it was DNA or anything else, but a really shocking, striking headline. And 
talking about abuse on transport is something us as a team we, we've talked about a lot we've talked about the underground we've talked about we did recently trains where, where Hannah discussed you know how she sometimes feels unsafe and I've said the same and how you said you know when people have put their feet on the seats you've told them to take it down and we were all a bit worried about you when you said that because you don't know the reaction of people these days mm. before we started recording this you and I both talked about you know bystanders around but especially in London I think people are, are very very frightened to intervene in, in this day and age. Well that's that's understandable isn't it you know there's been a lot of publicity over recent times about sexual assaults being committed on public transport and you've only got to look at social media and you see various um, reports and some people post videos that they've gone and recorded of incidents taking place on the trains. Now sometimes I think well is this true, is it genuine, is it recent or is it something from years back, you, you just don't know but it is clear that there has been an escalation in serious um, assaults, sexual assaults on public transport and it's not entirely clear to me as to why whether people feel emboldened to behave badly because they think they're not going to get caught i don't know i think there's a there's a real real issue there and it's not just people being intoxicated and getting up to no good the only thing i can think of you know we, we both get on the tube lot is that the time frame that we're aware of you know if it's that early in the morning sometimes if you do go into the into work very early that there is very few people around or you've got a late flight back and you're you know around terminal any of the Heathrow terminals and you're coming mm. back it can be like a, a ghost town so I imagine this was the position but my other thought on this is that maybe naively is that you know London is covered so much with CCTV and security that you'd think people would never think that they were going to get away clearly in this case he didn't but people do they get away with not being identified yeah well obviously this character for one of a better term behaved as though he could do these things with impunity you know just beggars belief but there is an issue, several issues here. As I said, I'm, I pointed out that if you look at social media, Twitter or X, don't want to be seen as old fashioned by referring to X as Twitter. If I refer to it as X, you look at that and you see what people are posting. There's clearly a problem. And it's this issue of people thinking that they can behave like this in plain sight. The difficulty is, as you know, we've touched on is that you then have the media reports. I think it's last year or the year before, you, you know, a family man got involved in a brawl in somewhere because some men, young men were, were kicking off and then he ended up being punched fatally and died. Yeah. You know, you can see why, especially the report says that this assault took place in front of somebody visiting from France who had a young child with them. But, you know, we would all hope that if we were in a distressing situation, you'd want the public to come and, and assist you. And I know that working with some of the sexual abuse centres that they put on now bystander training and how to intervene in certain things. But you can see why, especially yeah. in this situation, that people would be petrified, which is terrible for mm. society. Because I'm sure for them people, those people that have witnessed this as well, incredibly distressing and feeling yeah. of helplessness. Well, let's hope that the victim in this case has a sense of some kind of acknowledgement and justice being achieved with this conviction. But, I, you know, that's, I suspect I'm stretching it a bit. I, You know, obviously one's just speculating here, but given the enormity of 
what was experienced very difficult to see how you know you can draw a line so to speak and, and move on when something like that has has happened i was only talking to a survivor yesterday and their long long quest for justice that you know they're in this ongoing campaign so to speak in order to achieve that line in the sand so that they can move on it's impressive in many ways that they're able to do that and uh, I, th- I sometimes try and put myself in their shoes which is very difficult because i've never experienced anything like that and i think well how on earth are you able to pick up the pieces and, and function when you've been through a, a terrible ordeal and you have to report to the police and give a statement go to crown court give evidence and and so on and you know that is a considerable journey to go on and this particular person was explaining why they had they had to do that because it's all unfinished business for them so the sexual abuse center that i work with that they had some training because some people came in from not from a, a sexual abuse background and they had some training and they explained it to me and i've never thought about it like this and every time i see a client now i think about this is that if you were in a room full of strangers and you had to explain your best sexual encounter, probably how awkward you would Mm. feel about that situation. But that situation is a positive. That's something positive that's happened in your life because you've obviously deemed it as, you know, pleasurable, enjoyable, whatever we're talking about. And then if you think about how awkward that would be, or even speaking to your family or whatever about it, and then actually take the situation where you're going to talk about probably one of the worst experiences you've ever been through and you're in a room full of strangers primarily possibly older men if you're reporting to the police you know and when somebody said that to me I thought when you think of it that way just how difficult it is we know it's difficult but when you think about it in comparisons of what you would find embarrassing even telling your friends there's a real you know expectation for disclosure that's right yes no it's very very thought-provoking so I think it's it's a case, you know, that really brings home the enormity of what happens. It's a, an extreme example, maybe in many ways, but it does bring home reality, I suppose, of, of what can take place and the consequences. It's important to say to any of our listeners as well that if you are on public transport, a lot of, especially when we've been on the tube and the train, there are notices around in regards to reporting. We talked about in one of our previous podcasts that the transport police, you can alert them. So I think Hannah was saying that she's witnessed before the police getting people off the trains at certain stops. And apparently they're quite quick to do that. So anyone that's listening to this podcast, you know, just be aware that there are ways to report on the coach. They normally give out an announcement in regards to harassment and how you can report mm. that. So, I mean, I, I definitely think that the, the organisations in regards to transport are trying their best. But Well, I can, I can frankly say in all the years I've been travelling on the underground, I've never seen anything. There's always been travelling on the you, underground. But from an interesting point of that, do you think you've noticed that? Because, for example... I, I think I'm very much aware when I'm travelling on the underground I'm, I'm, because you're getting in a carriage with all sorts of different people usually from all over. So I think I'm very conscious of my surroundings when I'm in a, a carriage on the underground, perhaps more so than when I'm travelling into Waterloo Station from home in the mornings or going home in the evening. That's a very different experience. That is, I think, for me as a person, 
it's more hassle traveling into london into waterloo than it is traveling on the underground that's just that's just me and my perspective sometimes the underground is absolutely heaving and you're at bank and waterloo and the platform is absolutely full of people and you think gosh what, what am i doing here and all the rest of it is very unpleasant because you're in a crush but leaving that to one side i have i've never found traveling on the underground personally stressful whereas traveling in and out of waterloo station is often stressful so, so. I, only, I only ask that actually from a male perspective because from a female perspective and, and when we talked about this as a team before Hannah, Kathleen and I we've all had quite unpleasant experiences and I think the problem is, is it's always quite subtle like I've been on a tube before and someone going to a, my Christmas party someone's clearly been to, trying to take pictures up my skirt because I've been stood and they've been sat even I flew back on a late flight this week into Heathrow and had to get the tube from Terminal 5 and there it was quite quiet and there was a man winking at me and smiling at me and then I was worried that the stop that I was going to get off it was quiet there was someone there and you know actually he may have just been friendly but I was there on my Mm. own you know I'm generally quite a confident person I'm worried and now actually everybody around us wouldn't have noticed I wouldn't say anything to other strangers in London because everyone's generally quite unfriendly looking at their phone reading a book but got that you know their headphones in so I just wonder actually how much goes by without us really just not noticing. Well, well that's an interesting point because I can remember, as I said, I've ne- I personally have never had any trouble on the underground, whereas on trains coming in and out of London, I have had trouble. And I can remember an occasion where I was accosted and um, I was essentially trapped at the end of the carriage and I couldn't um, really escape. And, you, and um, the other passengers actually got out of their seats and disappeared down the train and left, left me by myself with this person who clearly was, let's put it this way, unwell. You just couldn't tell whether he was going to be harmless or dangerous. You know, he had trapped me in um, in my seat and I couldn't get away from him. But anyway, kind of long story short, I managed to persuade him to get up and get into the sort of gangway between the seats. And I was able to sort of give him a bit of a push and get away from him. The other passengers who had disappeared, but obviously alerted the guard because the train came to a stop and the police got on and, um, you know, took this individual away. But, you know, to be frank, I was in a position of what the heck am I supposed to do? You know, what the heck am I supposed to do? Everyone else had disappeared because they obviously sensed trouble on the part of this um, individual and I was left there thinking what the heck am I going to do I didn't know what you know whether he was going to just sit there and sort of jabber away at me with a lot, a lot of um stuff he was babbling away with or whether he was going to actually become really aggressive I had no idea and it is very intimidating so I do have a even though I've never experienced trouble on the underground I do have I think, a bit of an insight into what you're saying because of that particular experience. You know, you are powerless because you don't know what to do. Yeah, I just think it's probably something that actually happens so much, but generally we don't notice it. One thing we always talk about is how when individuals are assaulted, our natural go-to is we question, did that really happen? And, you know, Mm. especially being on a tube that's busy, it's very easy actually, you know, to actually brush past somebody or touch someone and you're like oh sorry sorry but then you know if you're on a pack tube and somebody keeps touching you in a certain place you know, yeah. 
you feel awkward because you, you can't just turn around, you know, you're, you're squished in with that person, especially mm. if it's rush hour and say, can you stop touching me there? Because you feel silly because maybe they don't even notice. And I wouldn't be the type of person that would say, can you stop touching me there? So you stand there feeling awkward. And, you know, all of these scenarios, again, rush hour could be very mm. innocent. You know, you're squashed in like sardines, but there are opportunist people in, in those circumstances. Yeah, clearly so. Yes. Interesting times. As always, I think we have to always remember to keep things in perspective. We obviously talk about terrible things in these podcasts, but sense of perspective. Yeah, of course. You know, we all managed to get to and from work. Talking about the minority here, but obviously Mm. because it's hit the press, it's something that that we can Yeah. Right. Thanks, Danny. And thank you for tuning in everyone to listen to our latest podcast as always if you have any thoughts or questions or comments or suggestions for future podcasts please do get in touch it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from danny bye everyone thank you for listening to this episode of hj talks about abuse you can subscribe to our podcast on itunes spotify or your favorite podcast player if you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today we'd love to hear from you email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.